0: to Love in Action, Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast Study of Romans 12. I'm Svea Mary, and I cannot believe that we have already arrived at the final episode in this series. Today, we're finishing the chapter and exploring the last three verses. And I'll warn you, there are three really challenging, but they're very powerful ones. Back with me to talk through it all is Heather Henderson, and joining us is a new voice at the mic, Masuka Magambo. If you don't already know and love Masuka with her beautiful Kenyan accent, you will by the end of this episode, I'm sure. Masuka has been a well-loved member and small group leader for Women's Bible Study for quite a while, whenever her schedule as a labor and delivery nurse allows. Heather Masuka, I am so happy to have you here with me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, Speya. So happy to be back. It's wonderful, and it's great to have you two specifically with your wonderfully warm personalities to talk through these verses today. Because in in the, it's kind of felt. I'll just say this right off the bat: it's kind of felt in recent weeks like Paul's been turning up the heat a little bit on this chapter. Um, it's really it's becoming more and more demanding each week of what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So reflecting on the chapter, Paul really started out. Uh, with a call for us as believers to give over every bit of our lives to God. But then the next several verses eased up a little as he covered positive ways that warmly encouraged us to live in connected fellowship with our Christian brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, And who doesn't want that?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And then things got a little more demanding of us as he talked about how we were to use our talents God gave us to serve each other. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to encourage us to genuine love and honor. Great stuff, but a little bit more of a heart check. Mm -hmm. And then we moved on to some tougher verses about blessing those who persecute us, and we begin to feel the heat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And we got a bit of a breather with rejoicing with those who rejoice, but as we move into these final verses, Paul's really going to turn the heat all the way up.
0: Yeah, he sure is. Um, but it's so great to see how he's been building up to this, right? It just—it's mm-hmm. it, fun to see how everything he's been saying in this chapter has really kind of pointed to this, and it's—it's it's led to what we're about to talk about today. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's read these verses. Hey, Basuka, do you want to read them for
2: us? I'd be glad to. Thank you. So, starting from verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
0: That's good stuff, but... The heat's on now, right? With mm-hmm. with verses about <laughs> vengeance and overcoming evil and and probably the biggest question mark of this whole chapter, what in the world does it mean to heap burning coals on someone's head? Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But I, I was thinking if you ladies would be willing to indulge my Bible teacher heart here a little bit, I'd <laughs> love to to first lay some groundwork with the meaning of these verses, because some of these, I think, have some built-in mm-hmm. questions for us. Yeah. Um, so if I could mm-hmm. maybe uh, play away. Bible teacher. Yeah, that'd be fun <laughs> for me before we talk about how they impact us. Um, verse 19 really goes a step beyond verse 17's, don't repay evil for evil. And now it's instructing us to trust God to deal with those who hurt us. Now, words like avenge and wrath may not be the most appealing words in this chapter, but there's really good stuff here for us. You'll notice in the verse that it tells us this phrase about vengeance belonging to God was written elsewhere. Well, it was. So, Paul here is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 32, and it's in verse 35 of Deuteronomy 32 where we find that direct quote where it says exactly that. It says, vengeance is mine with God being the one speaking there. But the next verse right after that says something really beautiful. And if you want to pause and look this up, see it for yourself. Deuteronomy thirty-two thirty-six says, For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone. And so I just love that Paul is pulling that back into this chapter, this chapter that's been telling us not to get down and dirty and be evil back to people that have been evil to us, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, not sweeping it away, pretending like it's never happened, yeah. but rather he's saying, leave it to God. God yeah. will see it. He will have compassion on his people, and the Lord himself will be the one to vindicate his people. Yeah. So this chapter that's been telling us to love, to abhor evil, and certainly not be evil back, but to act honorably and in a way that supports peace, I just think it's awesome yeah. that uh, that now we're wrapping this up with the idea that God sees what, will, what happens to us, and he will vindicate us. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, it says he's going to vindicate us in his wrath— <laughs> and God's wrath is not always scary. easy to talk about and uh, probably not uh, not a favorite topic of a lot of people. In fact, you know, we tend to get criticized in contemporary church culture now for focusing on so much on love that we ignore His wrath completely. And, um, and it's understandably why we would rather talk about God's love. But we really don't need to shy away from this. God's wrath or His anger at the devastation that's caused by evil is so much better better than what we think of when we think of our human anger. Mm. I mean God's wrath is holy. It's only ever directed toward what it should be directed at, and he never loses control of his temper so to speak and causes the the hurt and the devastation that we tend to when we get angry. In the way that we might be angry at bad choices that our loved ones make that result in hurt, Mm. God's wrath perfectly responds Mm -hmm. to evil in our world. Mm. So bringing that idea back to verse 19, when we're in a situation where someone has done evil to us, Mm -hmm. we can take so much comfort in this verse knowing that God has freed us from sinking into the quicksand of revenge. And instead, he promises to be the one to have compassion, to avenge wrongs done to us on our behalf. That's awesome.
2: It is <laughs> righteous anger comes to mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. They're not things we need to shy away from. No. It's it's actually something to kind of celebrate and, and rest mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, verse twenty has uh, undoubtedly probably the biggest question mark of this whole chapter with this puzzling phrase about her of herping, about heaping burning <laughs> coals on someone's head. But actually, it's really kind of an amazing hope, um, this whole burning coals thing. So, verses 20 and 21 of Romans 12 are another quote from the Old Testament, and you'll find this in Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. Mm-hmm. And what we know about Proverbs is that many of them were adapted from cultural Proverbs of their day. And and there was this uh, Egyptian proverb that they would have known that referred to the practice of the Egyptians placing a dish of burning coals on someone's head as a sign of their repentance. Mm. Um, kind of similar to how like elsewhere in the Bible we see people covering themselves in sackcloth and ashes mm-hmm. to express grief. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of wrapped up in that idea. So, Rather than heaping burning coals being an unkind act, you know, we've just been told don't take revenge on someone. So we can't, it wouldn't make sense for this to be a hurtful thing. Um, Instead, this is calling, is pointing to the opposite. It's saying this is like bringing them to a point of repentance. Mm -hmm. By doing what this chapter has been calling us to do, to love, to act honorably, to seek peace, and to leave it to God to deal with our hurts, our godly behavior might actually lead someone to this beautiful place of repentance, repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's so beautiful that God wants to free us from getting all mixed up in evil, and instead is calling us to this goodness. And as verse then twenty one says, to overwhelm someone with good because of how we treat them. Mm. Mm. Well, I feel like I've been uh, talking a little <laughs> bit too long here. I get uh, <laughs> giddy when I get an opportunity to talk through the nuts and bolts of, of verses, but. Um, Masuka, one of the reasons why I asked you specifically to uh, to join us on this particular es- episode is because you're someone who in your professional life has to deal every day with people who are literally screaming and swearing at you, and yet you have to treat them with benevolent grace and kindness and goodness. Um, what insights can you give us in your life as a labor nurse that might uh, give us some, some um easy-to-accept ways
2: right off the bat. I think it's been interesting because I think for the most part when they're screaming, they're often chuckled sometimes because someone will be screaming. A mom will be screaming because, you know, she's about to deliver a baby and maybe she didn't get her epidural in time, so she's (laughs) (laughs) some of you women out there might be able to relate. But... um, so she's mad, and then she's also just feeling the emotions of this baby that's coming into the world. And then so she's screaming and cussing, and then she's saying sorry all at the same time. And <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. But um, I often think about like how God tries to bring us back into his control, not so much to—he t- tries to center us. So mm-hmm. I've always taken it, okay, I'm not going to take offense. I'm not going to take it personal. I'm going to rearrange and recenter her. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be, I'll just look right at her and say, look at me. And she'll look at me with bewildered eyes. And I'm like, we need to do this now. <laughs> and so she's okay, you know, so. Well, and you've um, sometimes had some women who are, are not kind to you e- at yes, all. Yes, some and, have. And yet you've just, had to rise above that. Exactly. And some will say, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. Why didn't I get my girl? It's your fault. And. Um, and I just look at her and say, you are so strong. And, you know, I'm galvanizing and I'm trying to get all the words <laughs> I can get from deep down. And say, OK, Lord, help me just, you know, keep keep things together. And so it's it's just loving on her and uh, loving on her, her support person as well, because mm-hmm. sometimes a support person doesn't know what to say and they're kind of at a loss. So it's like, no, you know, and I'll kind of um, sign with my mouth and like just. Encouraging, And then the usually the part, partner is like, okay, you got this. We can do this. So <laughs> it's a lot of kind of turning things around and totally brushing off the negativity and just turning it into a positive. Because we know the focus at that point is to get that baby mm-hmm. out safely yeah. and get mom through this sanely. Sure. <laughs>
0: So. Well, I, I love that. And I don't want to stretch the, the analogy of this too yeah. far, but but I love that, you know, what you're saying, you just stay focused on God, stay mm-hmm. focused on what's really going on mm-hmm. here. But you're also really demonstrating quite a Christ-like service to someone. You just are at times grace. like literally giving mm-hmm. someone something to drink. <laughs>
2: exactly. Just showing them grace because they are at a point where they they are out of control themselves. Mm-hmm. So... And since I'm the one in control at that point, so I'm, someone's got to take this ship and steer it. So yeah. <laughs> it's just when we think of ourselves and we're in a low point or we're grieving or we're in a bad place in our lives n- and knowing that God is there, he may be quiet, but if we are, if we listen closely enough, we can even listen, hear his quiet presence and mm. that he's giving us grace to get through it. So it's just giving grace to others, um, so that it won't be focused, they won't be focused on what they went through that was traumatic, but mm. that the love they received during that traumatic time or sure. difficult time.
0: Well, you can overwhelm them with good mm-hmm. <laughs> in that time. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Heather, I think that this would be a good time to maybe um, go back again to look at these verses and talk a little bit more about how they would have impacted Mm -hmm. the Roman church before we talk some more about how they impact us. And I'll start you off with a question. So why do you think that Paul ends this chapter this way? This is a good
1: question, and mm-hmm. this was one that really, I mean, struck me because we have, for the mo- majority of, of Chapter Twelve, we've been talking about how am I going to relate to you as a fellow believer, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. how we interact with we, with each other, right? And so now he makes a really sharp turn, and he shifts our focus to outside mm-hmm. of the church walls, and now he's saying, now that we're taking care of how you need to treat one another, let's talk a little bit about what happened to you. Mm. And the hurt you might be feeling, mm-hmm. you know, these were, I mean, he's saying, leave the vengeance to me, don't repay evil. With evil we just read about in the previous verses, uh-huh. he says, mm-hmm. vengeance is mine and I will do it. And mm-hmm. so now he's going to talk about laying it laying it on our enemies. But these were real enemies. These were the people that persecuted them. And mm-hmm. now Jesus is saying we have to serve the same people <laughs> yeah. who are horrible to you. Ooh. Yeah. We have to serve them now. And that is so hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're way beyond just crabby women in labor at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: No, we're moving on to people who, you know, may have killed yeah. their family members or exactly. a child. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the hurt had to go so Deep, and yeah. I think that relates to us. And you know, I think we've all had hurt mm-hmm. things where people have done things to us, both inside and outside the church, mm-hmm. where we're like, you know, it consumes you. It's all you can think about. It.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> How can I repay the the evil with evil? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and well, so,
0: that, what's that? Well, I was just gonna say, and I imagine that was really relevant for this church. If we recall, this is a church that was healing from. The Jewish Christians all being banished, and now they're back, and they're trying to re-establish health in their community and their fellowship as a church. But, but I imagine some of the wounds that they have were still kind of raw. And, and recent. Yeah. Mm.
1: You know, yeah. really recent. And so I love that he just reminds them gently, like you mentioned earlier, of the verse in Deuteronomy where he's basically saying it's mine to avenge. Mm-hmm. And everybody would have known what he was talking about because these were known pieces of scripture that they mm-hmm. were likely raised, you know, to memorize.
0: Yeah, you know? at least and the ones so with the Jewish background. He's yeah.
1: reminding him, don't take the law into your own hands to punish those who've persecuted you. Rather, you're going to kill them with kindness. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Essentially. Minus the killing them.
2: <laughs> yeah. And when mama bears, baby cubs are oh at risk, try telling a mom that. Uh, why, don't it, you keep, why don't you treat the person with kindness? Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, I know. No. Well, that kind of anger can be just all-consuming. And and imagine yeah. for the church how it would damage their witness if the... the attitude that's being projected is just anger at right. the outside world. Right. That's
1: that's not a very good evangelistic tool. <laughs> it's not. And personally, I mean, when we're thinking about revenge, we're thinking, what if God doesn't avenge me in the time frame and in the manner that I think it should be done? Yeah. Um, because we want to see it, right? If we're, if <laughs> yeah. we're feeling angry, <laughs> I would like to see it happen. Yeah. That's the sin in me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. I'll sit there quietly watching from a distance.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, but we have to be able to move past that to the point of forgiveness mm. where we go, okay, you know what? This is going to be their journey. This is their journey. And we don't get to determine the time frame on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to kind of what we talk about here at Autumn Ridge is we get to honor the process through which God changes people from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, and And that's one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's what do you do when you see this enemy walk through the door of your church? They're mm-hmm. suddenly now in your zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you want to, you know, there's a part of you that wants to say, this is my space. You can't be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go back to your space. God can forgive you over there.
0: Well, those are very natural human feelings. But this is another place where I just love how Romans 12 has been feeding us the answers to some of these things, where it's telling us that, no, we're supposed to let our love be genuine. Meaning, like, we want to love people in this sacrificial way that goes beyond our natural trigger feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, I want revenge. I want someone to hurt in the way that I've been hurt. Mm -hmm. And to rise above that and say, no, actually... God has shown me such incredible mercies. Thinking all the way back to verse one, yeah. Because of these incredible mercies of God, I can lay aside myself and be a sacrifice, and sacrifice myself to serve God and mm-hmm. to reflect that, and to let that love be genuine, to, yeah. to want what's truly best for someone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that's easy. Um. No. no. <laughs> that's why. That's why we started off saying Paul's really turning up the heat here. These. This last bit is. Is I think potentially the hardest application of yeah. this whole chapter. Have you guys worked through this kind of thing in your life and in another way that's uh something that <laughs> you would like to share on a I can recorded? share. Um, there's a
1: part of my life where I got to be really honest with you in that forgiveness in this particular area forgiving this one particular person has to be a regular occasion for me. Mm-hmm. Um because it hurt so deeply. Um, And, uh, you know, some of you know that like my former life was uh, as a photographer. I was just a freelance photographer raising my babies, Mm -hmm. um, doing family portraits on the side. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a friend, you know, from the same local church where I went who – Uh, wanted to go into business together. And me just thinking, Oh, what a great idea. We wanted to do weddings. I hate weddings. She loved them, but I could provide support as long as someone else was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So she um, I let her in, I gave her my whole business model and just kind of said, this is like how I get started, you know, just being a, Hey, great. So glad you love it too. Um, And then Slowly, I started to see that my regular clients were starting to show up on her photography feed. Oh, dear. And Mm. she had undercut my prices, Mm. and Mm. stolen my clientele. Mm. And not only that, the name that I had come up with for our joint venture, because we'd kind of gotten that far, is now one that she uses as her regular (laughs) (laughs) name, right? So that hurt. I ended up just shutting it down. I was Mm. so hurt, Um, and there's a lot more to that story, but, Mm. but I just... I couldn't function in that same space anymore. I had to let it go um, Mm -hmm. because it was so painful. And I was just not a fighter (laughs) about that, you know.
0: Were you tempted to, you know, quote, repay evil for evil Mm in that situation? Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) So many, so many thoughts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had so many thoughts. Um, And it's not only that, like, it was more than just not being able to leave. Is that this person is also in contact with my oldest daughter. And so, Mm -hmm. like, it's... It's not like it will ever go away. Yeah. Um. But I have to continually be like, God is the one who's going to change her, and it's not going to be anything that has to do do. with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to recognize her value as a as a believer and realize that God has has you know He sent His Son to die for her, the same that He sent His Son to die for me. We are the same in Mm -hmm. Christ. We are the same.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that's for me. That that's very personal. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I appreciate though, what you're saying about that story is it sounds like it doesn't necessarily have what we would call a happy ending, no, at least in your per- from your perspective. and And that's reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, like you said um several minutes ago, we may not see the end of the story much yeah. as we would like to, much as we would like to either see God deal with that, you know, in his vengeance or in his wrath, yeah. deal with things the way we might like to, or, on the, the more positive side to see them come to a place of repentance Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, maybe someday she'll come to you and apologize, but maybe she won't. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's reality too, but it's, it's, it's our job to just love and to let God and, and to be there in Mm -hmm. that waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's tough stuff though. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have a small little story to share. We, um, we living in a little. We were living in Austin. It's about half an hour from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought our first home. We just had, yes, we just had our oldest, and then we were going. I think it was a few. We were there for a few years, and then our secondborn was born in that house. But we heard after we moved that the neighbor next door to us had actually walked around the neighborhood with a pledge or a p- petition to prevent us from moving into the neighborhood what? because we were going to drop the property values
0: oh.
2: for being black. Uh. Oh. So we we were kind of glad that we already moved in and that we didn't know that prior to moving in. But I yeah. mean, would it have changed the outcome? I don't know. But I think we would have still decided that we we're going to move anyway because that was our first home and we loved it. So. Um, so we lived there and enough, and then she was very mean, very mean. Um, Mm -hmm. our sons couldn't play ball, um, comfortably in the backyard without the, if the ball went into her her yard, she would yell at them. Mm -hmm. And so I started to allow them to just jump over the fence and get the ball and not go because before that they'd politely knock on the door and say, Hey, can we get our ball? And she's like, fine. And she was just so rude about it, but Mm So later I was like, don't even go to the door, just jump over the fence and <laughs> so, so they'd go get their ball. And then shortly after that, our second born, born was born, she had a granddaughter. And so I was like, I had told my mom this story about how mean she was and stuff and, and what had happened. And she says, Why don't you just kill just kill evil with kindness. Just mm. kill her with kindness. And I kept saying, oh, fine, I don't know. This is not easy. So every time we'd see her, I'd say, oh, how is your granddaughter? And she'd just beam. That was the first thing that, that would just get her all smiling and friendly. <laughs> it's almost like she had a, Double personality. She just was a different person. Oh, she's, you want to see pictures? I'd say, yes, let's show me pictures. So then I think a couple years later, we moved away out of state. And by the time we were moving, she was very nice and cordial to us. She Like there wasn't any mean bone in her body. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I guess the killing with... Kindness. Worked. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that,
0: that, I love yeah. that because that, that's an evil thing that she mm-hmm. was saying mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. And, and I love that uh, that you can tangibly point to a way where that worked, where yes. just being kind to someone to yeah. overwhelm that evil with good yeah. um, is good. Um, well, you guys, I can't believe that we have hit the end of Romans 12. In some ways, it feels like it's flown by. It's been nine weeks that we've been living in this chapter. And I know that's, uh, that's not traditional for a Bible study, but I've loved this opportunity to just take it bit by bit and think and apply and let the Holy Spirit really work in our hearts through these verses. But um, before we, we close out, I'd love to ask you two, what, what has Romans 12 meant for you? How has it impacted you?
2: I think for me, Romans twelve just reminds me how the body of Christ is just one body. Like we're, we all come with different facets facets of our lives together in 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 the body of Christ. But we all have our unique talents and things to bring to the table. So, but they're to be used all for God's glory. So mm-hmm. it's just um, being able to live in harmony and just used all that for the growth of the church. So, um, and leaving. The vengeance and the revenge and all that to God. God takes care of all of that. And mm. if we just focus on what we can bring to the table and be harmonious with everyone, I think that's what God ultimately wants. Mm. So I think that's what.
1: So. Yeah, that's beautiful. How about you, Heather? Honestly, for me, it's been these last few verses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Mm-hmm. These last few verses have been really just a timely kick in the rear end mm-hmm. um, for me. And it's, you know, I feel like I do really well with loving people who are within the church and mm-hmm. everybody's getting along and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all different. Um, but it really, it was really a, a solid reminder for me that, um, you know, I really have to let go of my anger um, and and really just let love reign as i serve and love my enemies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this this definitely has been the, the piece for me
0: mm. <laughs> yeah that's good stuff and you listening at home, we would love to hear how Romans 12 has impacted you too. If if you have something that you would like to share with us, it would be a real blessing to us and encouraging um, for all of us that have been putting this podcast together to, to see how this has, has had an effect on your life. You can send us an email at women at autumnridgechurch.org. And, uh, and that would just be really encouraging. But most importantly, we would love to hear how Romans 12 has had an impact for you and for the glory of God. Um, I'm sad that we're already closing out this series, but I'm equally happy to announce that there is another series coming for this podcast. Coming in April, after Easter, we're going to be releasing a four-week podcast series on the book of Ruth so while we're done with romans 12 for now there's still great autumn ridge women bible study material yet to come but as we finish out i would just like to close us out today in prayer if that's okay Mm -hmm. dear heavenly father i just thank you so much for your word and for what you have spoken to us through this incredible chapter i thank you for the luxury of time that we've taken to just look at it a couple verses at a time. and, um, And I thank you for what you've done in my life and in the lives of my friends and the women that have been part of this podcast. And I just pray that you would continue to reap a harvest of glory for yourself, tenfold, hundredfold back from what you've been doing in our lives. I pray that you would bring these these phrases. So many of, of Romans 12 verses are just these short little pithy phrases. And I pray that you would just bring them back to our minds exactly when we need them. Um, that your word does not return void, but that as we reflect on this chapter, um, that right at the moment that we're facing something, that you'll bring these verses back and help us to apply them in a way that that brings glory to a situation, that brings love instead of evil, that brings peace um, instead of disunity. I thank you for the wisdom of this chapter and and uh, thank you for what you have done through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.